Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian, sidekick. Wingman, hello, Deacon Joe, extraordinaire. Got the donuts ready. Yeah, got right. the coffee going because we got a good show today. Always a good show. So if you listen to last week, our last show, we had a, a guest named uh, Joe Thorderson, and we wouldn't say anything bad about him because he's here again. <laughs> so we, probably just before you start, <laughs> we have to wait till he's gone. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait till he's gone. Say something bad about back. him. But uh, Joe uh, is with Geek Tank Radio, which is uh, a radio program that talks a lot about uh, just. Geeky stuff. stuff. I, get, I guess. Well, Joe. First of all, welcome to the luxurious corner booth again. We're happy to have you back. Yeah, thanks, guys. Great so, to be so here. glad that you would join us again. We had fun uh, last time we talked, and so we said, let's do it again. Um, so, you know, we should talk about what a geek is. <laughs> I, you know, because it's probably the only time on like EWTN and relevant radio and Ave Maria and Guadalupe radio networks that the word geek gets used. Right. Uh, and so we just want to be clarify, you know, it came from, there's like an old circus freak kind of image or whatever of this guy that would bite off chicken heads. And that's not Joe. Joe doesn't do that. <laughs> How do you know? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, My private life is my private life, sir. <laughs> okay. It is no longer private. You've there just you told the entire world <laughs> that you bite off chicken heads. But yeah. that's not what we're talking about. But the other yeah, Webster's or whatever uh, uh, definition is these people that are uh, well d- describe them describe a person who you'd see as a geek or geekdom what yeah, is I don't that? know a lot about a chicken head that that sounds more <laughs> of an Ozzy Osbourne situation but yeah I don't know I mean geek it's out you know I, I think it's anybody that takes anything a, a little too serious like like I know there's techno geeks you know like the, right. the geek squad you see at uh, at Best Buy but uh no I think for you know for for me it's just uh, uh, an enthusiast of superhero science fiction and right uh, fantasy stories Stories and things like that. No, and so, that's and yeah. that's and that's neat. And we enjoyed having a conversation. I think the last time on our last show, where we talked about superheroes and comics, but then also how uh, in in that realm, while many will dismiss it as just pure fantasy and it's worthless, it's just maybe some side entertainment, and maybe even it's destructive or it, it takes you away from reality. I think most people, uh, after hearing our show, and some people, and, and guys like you at Geek Tank Radio, but uh, would understand that sometimes these um, uh, the imagery, the the truths, the morals uh, that 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 are brought to bear in some of these stories and some of these characters really can parallel and even help us to know our our own faith in God in a much more profound way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we you know we we, we talked about. Um, there, the, you know, our as humans, we're, we're we crave eternal truths and we crave moral, you know, right. moral uh, goodness and everything. And so these these uh, superhero and fantasy stories have a lot in common with biblical stories sometimes. Right, so, but we don't want to again. Uh, yeah, we don't uh, want to confuse the issue. Right. So, but it's not like, it's not scripture either. Right. The comic book is like, well, are you going to mass today, honey? No, no, I'm going to read this Batman yeah. comic because no. this is my church. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's problematic. We we want to be clear about that. But we thought we'd talk. But I, but I would say if you read a Bible story that 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 you know it professes morals and everything, and you watch a, a movie or read a book that has morals, it still hits a certain mark inside. Of exactly you. So, right. Yeah. Exactly right. No, that yeah. and that's and that's great because we, I mean, we we identify that uh, and regularly understand that Jesus taught parables and 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 taught in that way so often, and people would understand. 
what he was telling them, his will, his his morals, his uh, the way to be, the turn the other cheek, all these different things that he was teaching were done so well in stories. Right. And so we can have those same stories and why not have them, you know, dressed with the underwear on the outside, you know, and <laughs> with capes. I mean, why is this not, why is this and bad? lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's a, that's a good thing. So parents, I mean, you, we can use these things as really as teaching tools. Absolutely. And I would also stress, I guess we should say at the front end of the show that uh, parents don't just let your kids run amok and decide what they want to watch and what they want to read. Right. You need to be, be involved in what they read and watch because Definitely. there are some bad things. There are. There are. Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. In all of the worlds that we like, whether it's movies and TV, or whether it's books, or whether it's comics, or uh, fantasy worlds, or, or uh, games, and all the little cards. You know, I think we got thirty eight thousand dollars worth of magic cards at my house. Oh, you know, <laughs> but I don't think any of my kids worship the devil. And it's important, though, that we don't let them go by themselves. That they understand. Uh, the parameters of reality right. and then what God is calling each of us to. Absolutely. That's an important uh, Yeah, I mean, know. it's just like a movie. A movie could be rated PG or it could be rated R or something. You know, yeah. so not all movies are created equal. Exactly so, yeah. right. So let's, but you know, I thought we'd talk about movies a little bit today and specifically uh, something that kind of fits uh, maybe in your bailiwick, Joe, uh, uh, as a geek or a member yeah. of the proud member of the geekdom community uh, is Star Wars. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, we. I don't know that there's been a. Uh, a more phenomenal franchise, I guess, in terms of like people anticipating when the next movie is. I mean, and when when a when a sixty five year old uh, you know grandmother of you know three or four will, you know will say, I think Star Wars is coming out in six <laughs> months. They just announced it's the right. Last Jedi. You know, and I'm thinking like, ma'am, <laughs> where did that come from? Yeah, but it's like it's it's really. Uh, uh, a phenomenon that has uh, just really, inv- I don't say invaded, but pervaded yeah. our, our culture. People love Star Wars. Star Wars is awesome. It's a cultural phenomenon, like you said. And, and it unites generations because, you know, yeah. people who are kids when it first came out. 1977. Now they've got kids right? and grandkids. And 1977, so, yeah. uh, Star Wars, A New Hope, which I guess it was just called Star Wars back then. Right. It was made for $12 million bucks. It was a tiny little production. Uh, and nobody knew what it was going to no. do. They had no idea what it no. was. You know what a hit it would be, and so. neither did I. And I never saw it in its first release. I saw it at one of the back then they had these uh, you know fifty cent theaters after it had run. And when I saw it, it was still a projector and it was all scratchy. It was just yeah. that's the first time I saw Star Wars. But once I did, it's like okay, I'm hooked. Yeah, and and not to not to get too inside baseball, but it's interesting. People go, well, why did they start with Episode Four as their first one? And they felt like that was the most self-contained story with a with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Right. And in case it didn't go anywhere, they could just end it there. So they they weren't forced to do sequels. And then hmm. of course it that's right. Out. You, you just lost half the people who are not geeks at this point. They're like, what? That's number four. Yeah, well, I don't understand. Don't worry about it. Doesn't matter, right? Train them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they need to go and see all of them. Right. Uh, well, you know, I thought one of the more recent releases uh, is um, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and they call it that so that it's like it's mem- a member of the Star Wars universe, yeah. but it doesn't take place as, as part of the uh, the one through nine that are or whatever that are planned. And, through and, seven, and, yeah. Well, a one through nine, you're right. That are planned. And, yeah. and then, of course, there's going to, I'm sure, you know, Disney is going to find some way to manage to yeah. uh, to create uh, 16 more trilogies that will, over the next 400 years, who are gonna, that are going to just... Uh, you know, uh, sell lots of little dolls and whatnot. But um, but Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is is one that's supposed to be uh, in between the third episode and the fourth episode. Right. And the fourth episode was originally the first episode that yeah. was revealed to us. Not to confuse anybody. Yeah, it gets confusing. Further, yeah. 
And I guess we should also, we don't want to uh, scare anybody off who may not have seen Rogue One like Tom. Well, Dang if you, it. If you haven't seen it, shame on you, first of all. But, exactly. Yeah. Well, and Tom, the, you know, it's like... my kids say. Don't, don't tell me the answer. Don't tell me. Don't, you know, spoiler <laughs> alert, you know, don't right. tell me. I'm leaving the booth. <laughs> I know, but it, it, no, you, cover Exiting your ears. We'll tell you when to cover your ears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, there's, we will talk about some themes. I want to talk about a little bit about Rogue One and, and, uh, and just this idea, again, thinking about the comics and thinking about fantasy worlds and thinking about all that stuff and how... Somehow God might be able to use some of that material to help people, to help teach truths. Right. Right. In the same way, Star Wars, while I don't think the intent when they made it was, how can we make the Bible come alive? No. Right. How can I'm we make sure the story? Not, right. It just happened to be, it happened to include some really good themes that, right. that as Catholics we could identify with. Right. And Rogue yeah. One is, is really neat. And maybe some of the characters that are developed in Rogue One are actually some really, tell us some of the, some of the folks that you really like were, as you're watching Rogue One, Joe, who you would look at and go, yeah. now that teaches me about this. Or that's, that's really cool, this, this comparison. Well, I will say just from the outset, Rogue One. One is now absolutely my favorite Star Wars movie. Really, and it's uh, it's it's mm. different because all the all the Star Wars movies have had uh, a certain element to them or a certain texture, right. you could say. This is what I would call a gritty sort of street level Star Wars movie. Although right. it's also very epic, like a but um, you know, I noticed that when I was at yeah. the theater, this was the really one where I felt like I was watching a World War Two battle, exactly movie. like a Normandy or something like yeah. that. And um, and and it's really it's really interesting. What I would say is in. They really emphasize the war in Star Wars. Like this, right. there is a war going on, and so we see some of the dark underbelly of that. And uh, like, there's a character, uh, Captain Cassian Andor, uh-huh. and he can be heroic, but he can do some pretty underhanded things too. And he's, right. he is he's very morally uh, compromised, and yet he's fighting for the rebellion. He's fighting on our side, right. and the nature of war has forced him to make decisions and to do things that are that are not always good which so is that very nature interesting of, the nature you know? of war that you mentioned and and how important this so you see this battle looming and again we can look in our own world now and see spiritual warfare conflict uh, between good and evil and, right. and 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 I would argue that like right now our nation specifically the United States of America is probably the most divided it's ever been Right, and so there's a lot, of, and yeah. I'm not saying one side is good and one side is evil, but there sure is a lot of good and evil uh, uh, battling it out. Yeah, right absolutely. now, and so to see a movie like this, it helps us to know that, like, um, helping us to understand our own world and good and evil. And you, you, and you talk about uh, Cashin, uh, yeah, you know, and you start to see this this guy as, uh, um, I don't know, is he a superhero? I mean, does he have those qualities? You or? know, he, yeah, exactly. And and he's like any of us because we might go through our day-to-day life and go, well, maybe I have to compromise here because such and such or whatever. And right. we're trying to do the right thing, but um, he, he is a very fascinating character. And I guess I don't want to ruin it for Tom, but he does well at the end. That's all I'll say. So he, he, he acquits himself well at the end of the movie. So right. we're when, trying to not give too many spoilers. Exactly. For, but Tom, when that giant squid comes and attacks him, <laughs> And sucks yeah. them all up. You know, it, it was yeah. so cool. Absolutely. That was just so yeah. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> can't he's wait. Not, he's, I hate squ- giant squid movies. Yeah, that's Tom, especially in Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and and you know, there's a there's also a neat thing that goes on that I, I just uh, a couple of things that I, I remember, like little just little phrases that helped me. It, it just sort of tied. And, and I think it was uh, Cash and Andor who said uh, when he was talking to Jen, who's another 
another I great character. Talk about her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he says, you know, your father would would have been proud of you. And it just and to me, I started thinking about this, just the whole concept. And again, this is not a biblical quote that they were trying to do in Star Wars, but you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. The whole right. idea that we're trying to please the Father, that we want to be with the Father, hmm. and to see that that connection again. In 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 the middle of this looming battle, right, absolutely. right, of good and evil, your yeah. father would have been proud of you, yeah. right. Yeah. The father would be proud of you in in fighting the good fight. Uh, yeah, because uh, that's know. what you're thinking about. Every soldier is not thinking about the bigger thing. They're probably thinking about what's important to them and their right. in, in their own inner landscape. And their father's uh, blessing would be absolutely important to them. So, well, yeah. we have lots more to talk about. If you like Star Wars, and actually if you're like Tom and you don't like Star I'm kidding, Tom. I'm just messing with Tom. <laughs> but, it, but if you're not familiar with Star Wars or whatever, the, um, come back. we got more to talk about. Before we, uh, before we come back, I do want to remind folks we got a great uh, 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 website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. And this is another great moment in church history. The relationship between monastery brew houses and the act of Christian hospitality has nestled a special place in Catholic culture for centuries. As monastic life began to take shape across Europe, the art of hospitality and its connection to monastery living took deep root. Before the modern era of roadside inns, travelers used the network of monasteries as way stations between their destinations. Monastic hospitality directed the monks to care for these travelers. The monastic rule of St. Benedict says, Let everyone that comes be received as Christ. The monks abided by this teaching, and each monastery became known for its hospitality and its own unique brand of ale or beer which was served to thirsty visitors. The work of the monastery was integral to the spiritual life of the monks. Many monasteries were self-sustaining operations with vast tracts of land. The monastic communities relied on the land to provide sustenance for their community. Operating the monastery took hard work and required daily labor from the monks. To sustain themselves, especially during periods of fast, the monks would brew heavy beers and ales. By drinking these fermented concoctions, they were able to stay faithful to their fast, but also able to sustain the energy levels needed for the hard work. Beer was considered liquid bread at the time and enjoyed for its many nutritional properties. As time went on and monasteries became centers of learning and laboratories for science, the monks used their education to perfect the brewing art. They were able to improve production practices and provide this special drink, not only for their own communities, but the villages around them. One particular order of monks, called the Trappist, had become famous all over the world for their beers and ales. The Trappist order was founded in the Cistercian Monastery of La Trappe, France. The founder of the order felt that the Cistercian order as a whole was becoming too lax. He instituted strict new rules, and one of the core tenets of the order was that each monastery was to be self-sustaining. The Trappist monks looked to the brew houses that already existed within their walls and began brewing beers and ales for sale to the public. 
Some of these Trappist monasteries are still brewing beers and ales that can be found at your local grocery store. They are considered to be some of the highest quality and most robust and flavorful ales and beers in production today. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm still Deacon Jeff. haven't changed over the break, and i still got Tom Dorian here. And we're still talking to our buddy Joe Thorderson of Geek Tank Radio. I guess you, if you want to find out more about Geek Tank Radio, will you just Google Geek Tank Radio? It's easy. Yeah, we're the only ones out there. So Geek yeah. Tank Radio, go to iHeartMedia, you'll see it. So, okay, yeah. awesome. Very good. Sounds exciting. And so uh, and you we're, can listen to our past shows. And really? Yeah. It's all there. All the geek action you can handle. Okay, my shameless plug's over. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Very good. We appreciate it. It's not, it's not shameless. Nothing to be ashamed of. So we're talking about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And, you know, there's a, a neat, um, I guess we're looking at how you could watch a movie like Rogue One and go, wait a second, this political climate mm-hmm. we're in is pretty hectic, isn't it, here <laughs> in, in America? And, again, not to talk about the, the, the specific politics, but just, I mean, Rogue One even helps us to see in another way all the gridlock and all the problems, the bureaucracy that's going on in a world that might even have destroyed the rebellion. Absolutely. Yeah, what I found fascinating is because they, they reach a critical moment. You know, I mean, spoiler, sorry, Tom, but uh, <laughs> they need to destroy the Death Star. That's it. And they need to get the plans to destroy it. They need to know the you know the blueprint. And the politicians cannot agree on a plan of action, and they're basically going to do nothing and to do nothing would be suicide because right. once this death star is built there's n- there's going to be no more freedom in the galaxy and so this small group uh of really you know uh true believers in this in this mission they just take action on their own and eventually everybody else follows and i found that very i felt like and especially jen jen urso are jen our, urso is a, is a cool character she's a, well, she's, she's our, a star or the she she's really cool she's a she's flawed but she is what i I saw a lot of parallels between her and Joan of Arc. She hmm. she motivates the troops. She she leads the you know leads this small band, and they take action. And um, it's it and and then uh, uh, what's interesting is the rest of the rebellion follows. And I felt right. like it's a good you know when Christians lead in our in our society, right? You know, culture will and follow. you can see it, in them a, a, a genuineness, right? Right. She has, she's got credibility. I mean, because she's a person that truly believes. She's a true believer, right? right. In, in her in the cause, even through the flaws, even through the difficulties, the challenges, and that's what people recognize. And they'll it's like, well, hey, we'll follow this person. And, and boy, this is a terrible spoiler, but the parallels with her and Joan of Arc are, are really interesting. And uh, Tom, plug your ears. She even dies by fire at right. the end. So wow. it's it's very interesting. She sacrifices her life for the greater cause. And again, we're, we're and not burned alive. We're not is, saying that the uh, that the uh, that the makers of Star Wars, the storytellers, as it were, are uh, you know planning to make these comparisons. Although some of them are uncanny. Right. I, I I wonder though because the 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 little buzz you know as these things are getting promoted over there they're like yeah she's sort of a oh I don't know a Joan of Arc character you mm-hmm. know. So you know, people involved with the project were the ones they would know. That. They would know this thing. So again, so, I, I I don't I don't I don't presuppose don't what their faith tradition, what their belief, what their all that structure is. But again, I think we've said it before that when a story is told and when a story is is shown or experienced, 
the the beauty of that story is it becomes the the property of the per- person who's experiencing it. Sure, we we have ownership in the story. So if I want to see Joan of Arc in that, I'm, right. I'm free to do that. That's right, yeah. Ex- exactly yeah. right. Uh, Tom sees Dom DeLuise when he sees. <laughs> I don't know why he's always liked Tom, Dom DeLuise. He's got but, an interesting you know viewpoint. So, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Oh, I wish you could think of a line right now. <laughs> I can't. Dang. You're 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 you're, you're clenching oh, your fist. Uh, that's not what I want to see. Uh, so, but anyway, let's talk about uh, Chirrut Imwe. This yeah. uh, this is like a, one of the more unique characters in that whole movie he's and my, in the Star Wars universe. He he is absolutely my favorite character. So he's a he's a blind monk, and there's a temple. Uh, on, shoot, I can't remember the planet that Jeddah. Jeddah. Okay, the planet Jeddah. That's sort of their headquarters. I guess that would be Rome if this was the you know. But uh, right. Anyway, he is blind, but he is so tuned in with the Force. He's he's constantly repeating. Uh, I am one with the force, and the force is with me. And to me, if that doesn't sound biblical, I don't know what. But well, and he, again, we don't want to make the uh, right. the the comparison of like the Holy Spirit with the force. Like right. the Holy Spirit is some kind of wind that blows, or some kind of energy that that moves through. Yeah, the, we don't know. But but it's but his mo- his morals and his. Uh, the way he operates are very, very exactly, cool. and he's yeah. got a, a great and profound and deep faith. Yeah, right. And uh, I mean, I, I think about um, uh, Saint Paul's letter to the Corinthians, the second letter. You know, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And you start to see these comparisons or this idea of, uh, and all through the Bible, all through Jesus's stories about healing the blind man and about uh, uh, people being able to see without they, they can see more clearly without yeah. without having eyesight and how profound that can be we see this in um and that that jesus would give us our sight he would allow us to see and then we always make that oh he's healed me well the reality is more profoundly than just a physical healing jesus jesus has given us a spiritual healing that allows us to perceive and and receive and see him more clearly than ever before not because of our physical eyesight that's just really the, uh, the the sort of outward sign of that, but the inward grace that comes. And so here, Chirut Imwe, uh, so many times in the movie, as a blind man, isn't he always the one that always like is correcting people what they say when they're talking? He has insights into what they mean and and what's really going on. He, he's very much like Yoda. <laughs> yeah. He's the Yoda. He's the Yoda template. But he also, I mean, he's a blind monk. And he he's armed with a staff, and he and yet he's taking out guys with lasers and I mean, oh, I know. he he is the greatest fighter, and he's always there at the critical moment to, he you know to take action and to and to save the day basically. So, but no, that's definitely cool. And but he and trusts. That's I, what I like. I know, and, and uh, it's not in his own power. He trusts in a greater power. And again, we were talking about all the battle scenes, and in the middle of this battle, uh, and not to spoil it, Tom, but you know he's got to go. Basically, he's got to go oh, push this button. You know, he's got to get over there to do that, and it's like there's no way. And then again, as I'm watching this, and maybe it's because I'm Deacon Jeff or whatever, but I'm watching this movie going, "Yea, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, right. I fear no evil." You right. know, for you, for thou art with me, or whatever. My rod, my staff, and all that stuff come for me. And I'm thinking, here's this guy who's like got this profound faith, and he's going to walk in the middle of all hell breaking loose, literally, right? right? And then and 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 go forward and be triumphant, not because of his own strength and uh, whatever, but his uniting with what what they call the force right. here, but what, what we would know to be uh, an image of maybe of the spirit of God's spirit uh, of the truth uh, of of Almighty God and the, and the power and the authority that gives us, and to walk in faith is a, is a profoundly 
a beautiful gift right. uh, when you accept it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their intentions were. I, I, I do see it as maybe understanding that, that culture, this is this is what we crave. I mean, I don't know what the box office for this. I think Rogue One has just blown away yeah. any movies this year and everything. But they, this is what we want, you know. And, and it's it, again, it's not to say this is, you know, word for word, for you know, a biblical thing. It's more along the lines, like I said, it... it it uh, it uh, appeals to our sensibilities as a Christian nation. Right, I think. Exactly, so, I think know. so. And I think as again, again as a as a parent who would be sitting there watching this movie, uh, especially if you if once it comes out on Blu-ray and DVD or whatever, it's sitting at home and you're sitting there with your kids, and then something happens, you you can make so many parallels to our our Christian faith and and help it. It just helps the kids to know, uh, you know, in a more profound way to to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, but being there with them and sort of showing them those right. parallels, and again, not getting into the Star Wars as scripture that that can be problematic. And yeah. just again, I warn folks at home. I know that there's a lot of people that see sort of a new ageism going on here, and forces, and darkness, and light, and yin and yang, and and and, and it can be problematic to go into the into the Star Wars universe thinking that that the truth is is revealed to us in Star Wars, <laughs> right, in its fullness, and yeah. that's not the case at all. And we right. don't advocate that at all. Yeah, but it's neat how culture speaks to us in such a profound way. I, I think about again uh, in the the fourth chapter of Ephesians, uh, and we see what's going on with Chirut Emway, and we and we see that, like the hope that comes from uh, the rebellion and and the truth and the the great battle to be won. And I, and I think about uh, what Chirut's saying about the uh, you know I am one with the force, right? And and I I think about this. From St. Paul to the Ephesians, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. And I, I, right. I, I think that they could actually have said that line. Yeah. yeah. You know, that Chirut Emway could have said, there is one body and one spirit. You know, you're thinking, <laughs> oh, you know, and maybe take the word spirit out and put force in there. But the point is, it's like you start to realize that there's some profound parallels here. Well, and I think what's interesting, too, is... Um, on a very fundamental level, it shows us because the rebellion are the good guys. They're the ones rebelling against this empire, and it shows that um, you don't have to just blindly go along with where the culture is. Right. You know, the culture can be wrong, and, and and as a as you know somebody following the good, you need to sometimes fight back against the culture. You know, yeah, you know, whatever that's, means again, necessary. You so, watch yeah. that movie, and it inspires you to say, "We can do something." Right, and we we need to get out of gridlock. We need to stop fighting, uh, you know, silly fights, uh, and start fighting the good fight, and realizing that. Yeah, and actually, that's another thing because this band of of rebels are not united themselves, and yet. Uh, um, Jen Erso does rally them yeah. and gets them to put aside their silly differences and and conquer and do something really. really no, that's just some so, great yeah. stuff to to know. And uh, so it, I guess it, it puts Star Wars in a whole new yeah. uh, a whole new place. <laughs> Joe Thorson, thanks so much for uh, oh, joining us here, here. To talk about Star Wars and to talk about Jesus Christ. Always a great thing to do. And so let's ask our Blessed Mother to watch over us, uh, to uh, to guide us, and to intercede on our behalf. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God, pray for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com where you can find out more information about the Catholic Cafe, listen online, 
Download MP3s or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.